0: it's the sleep well stay well podcast here we go with malia jacobson as your host hello welcome to sleep well stay well i'm your host sleep and health journalist malia jacobson thank you for being here welcome back if you are a previous listener and welcome to the show if you're new Today we're going to be talking about something that I have been thinking about quite a bit, maybe you have too, and that's the topic of healing. Healing our bodies and our minds from the stress, the disruption, the chaos, the uncertainty that we've all experienced over the past year that has definitely had an impact on our health, our well-being, our sleep. How do we heal? How do we get back to where we want to be? What does healing even look like? How do we know when we are healed? And how can we look toward this new season of spring, uh, feeling a little bit more restored and centered and ready to to move into this new season? Today's expert will have a lot of insights for us. I can't wait to get to our discussion. It is Dr. Allison J.K., a best-selling author and leading mind-body energy healer. For more than 25 years, Dr. J has practiced as a mind-body-energy healer, founding the Vibrational Upgrade System, working in yoga, meditation, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longevity, and holistic health with a specialization in the chakra system. Considered one of the leading experts in her field, she's taught around the world and has written three books, including the award-winning What If There's Nothing Wrong? I have never spoken with an energy healer before on the podcast. I am very excited. So let's get to our discussion. Dr. Kay, thank you so much for joining me and welcome.
1: Hi, Malia. I'm happy to be here talking about sleep.
0: Yes, very important topic these days. So you have such an interesting background. I've really enjoyed reading up about it. How did you get into energy healing?
1: Well, I don't really call myself a healer because my first book's title, for example, that I wrote, my 10th year living in Asia, was and is, what if there's nothing wrong? And so my mission coming back from that decade in Asia where I had moved to, I was already teaching meditation. I was already working in energy medicine and doing health and holistic wellness and energy medicine sessions alongside my classroom teaching. And so I moved into the international school system and chose to take a job over in Taiwan, the small democratic nation that's still able to live from its traditional roots to learn more about energy and how it flows and subtle energies and meditation and chanting and so that I could get more robust results for my clients. And so when I came back after that decade, there, really having uh, Fulfilled my mission because I was still doing energy medicine and holistic health and wellness sessions alongside with expats and local Chinese while I was a teacher and administrator over there. I came back to the States with the sense of in the West, we would suffer less and have more vibrant health and longevity and well-being and fulfillment and joy if we were to pay more attention and understand more about how our subtle energy system works and how our consciousness works and to actually go in and work with it as opposed to being so externally focused. And so the What If There's Nothing Wrong book title of my first of four books is so that I can help people understand the universal laws and how energy works and flows in our subtle energy system. And so it's not approached from a perspective of something to fix or heal.
0: Right. So it's not about pathologizing everything the way that we tend to these days.
1: Yep. You got it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I have never spoken with a chakra expert before, and that's a term that I think most people have heard, but may only really have a vague concept of what it means. So can you just, for the listeners, explain or give sort of, if it's possible, I know it's such a a big topic, but explain the chakra system (laughs) and how it relates to our health.
1: Indeed. I am grateful for you acknowledging that it might be hard to fit it in a little short. (laughs) really because i've spent like uh, for example you've spent a
0: life many lifetimes right <laughs> yeah, studying even, it. even like many
1: like t- teaching it like i did at a beginner's level for weekly workshops for one month every once a week and then an advanced course in the chakras at this metaphysical church another month every night of the every one week uh one night a week wow am i rushing uh, let me just <laughs> let me for a moment yeah, we all have such fully booked schedules.
0: Yes, deep breaths, yep.
1: So the chakra in Sanskrit translated to English means wheel. And you know how when you come out of a yoga class, you feel better, more peaceful, more relaxed? Yes. Well, that's because every single yoga pose is designed to open up chakras. <laughs> when I was Got in it. Yeah. And we don't know that typically in the West. When I was in India uh, for my yoga teacher training um, and we were talking about the chakra system, they, as part of our training, we had to come up with a sequence for a class that was designed to open um, all the chakras. so I designed a sequence that had poses that went through the column. And so that sense of peace and relaxation happens because the chakras as a wheel are more open and therefore more turning as a wheel does out qi which is from qigong or tai chi from the chinese when i'm a teacher of qigong as well or prana which is from the yogic system we call it vital life force energy we have four words for it like one syllable in chinese and two syllables in uh, sanskrit and so if our systems are turning out more of that vital life force energy and the chakra is a wheel that is an intersection So you could think of it like a city hub, or an urban center, as the intersection of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And then you have a bunch of highways, interstate, side routes leading into each of the urban centers. So those are the nadis, as we say in yoga, or meridians, as we say in, um, like you might hear that from acupuncture. Those are the routes that the vital life force energy travels along affecting your mind, meaning all levels of consciousness, unconscious, subconscious, and conscious mind. And even as it's called in the Western terms, super consciousness, which is in yogic terms, the higher self. And then the body. So every chakra is connected or related to one of the major endocrine glands. And where each chakra is along the spine, it has come to be understood by a pharmaceutical researcher she saw, she knew of the chakra system and saw the biggest gatherings of the neuroreceptors at where each of the chakras are on the spinal column. So that's the central nervous system. So both our main communication systems of our bodies are hormonal or chemical, and our electrical or central nervous system are, are covered. So that's the body component. And then if you think of one of the chakras being the throat chakra, that one handles the thyroid gland and it handles the neck in the throat and leads up to the jaw, like TMJ. And then mind, we've covered body, we've covered and now spirit. So if a chakra is a wheel, that is a city hub, where mind, body and spirit meet, I can also access the spiritual components of a person, which means I can go in and work with their karma and even past lives. So it's a way to go out a person's system and hit all levels of what composes us as a human and be able to affect change in the more vital life force energy you have flowing throughout your system. Obviously, the more vital, alive <laughs> you're going to feel and the healthier you're going to be.
0: Right. Thank you. That's an amazing, truly an amazing explanation. I think um, I can tell that you um, are an educator in this space because it's so yeah. difficult to it's something that I think is better illustrated sometimes visually or. you know, in writing because people can see the wheel and, but you, um, just, uh, explained it so beautifully. Thank you. Um, so as a mind body, um, energy practitioner, how do you work with people? Do you, um, give classes? Do you work with people one-on-one? Do they come and see you the way that they would see, um, any other member of their healthcare team? Um, how is it that you're interacting with, with, um, people?
1: Well, since 97, I've been seeing people coming to me as another health pra- t- care practitioner. And I used to work much more in the healthcare space. I've worked with erasing brain tumors off of a person's brain and therefore our MRI, which caused their doctor to say, this is a miracle. uh cancerous tumors in the colon or in the breasts, chronic pain. And so people would come and see me for that as well as they would come and see me, uh, as you said, another person in their healthcare team on their healthcare team for a lot of people used to report to me in the sense of grayness or lethargicness or having a just not feeling full energy or as if they were um, as joyous as they could be and so that was easily able to be shifted from the work I do but about 15 or so years into it I started to realize I was changing in a way that wasn't feeling completely comfortable by running just so much energy through my system for so many people back to back, day in and day out, year after year. Because when I came back to the States, I dropped my classroom teaching and administrating career and took all of this work full time. So about six years ago, I started to look for other possibilities and began and I had already been doing summits so people could hear me interviewed on summits and podcast interviews. I have four books out there. So there's some education done that way, but, and then I was also attuning people to my first modality of five, that was, and is Yusui Reiki, and I'm only six removed from the founder, which is rather unheard of. So I would train people locally and they would actually, my one-on-one clients, whether they're local, see me in person or the ones from a distance, cause I can do it both ways. They would actually drive down. One drove down from Canada to take my training. So eventually, I started to take more of it online and um, group programs. And so I have a signature program, Magic Manifestation of Money Flow, where I'm actually able to move a person quicker than if they were in one-on-one sessions with me. Um, I still do a few one-on-ones beyond my masterminders, which is the next level of working with me. That I pull about a third of the people from my signature program into and then they're invited by me because they show desire and promise to be able to become a vibrational upgrade practitioner. And that's a system. I created a vibrational upgrade system. It's a combination of the energy medicine I've ended up with from the five different modalities and all I've learned, coupled with then applying mindfulness once the clearings and activations are done on a person's chakras, and thus their consciousness is shifted, then extrapolating that for, further for permanent behavioral change with the applied mindfulness coaching so then they become students in my mastermind and then I take them on they meet me in the UK for retreats twice a year where they get their uh, specific to their level training and attunements and manuals and we go to stone circles and sacred sites and out on the land and it's really really great
0: oh yeah so, that sounds incredible yeah and I, I'd like to ask, ask that because everyone um, you know it kind of gives people a sense of what it would be like to work with you or if they Wanted to reach out and um, make progress in their life in this area. What kind of work that might involve? Um, if it's different from you know um, what they might be used to or thinking, I think sometimes people just don't don't know which step they might need to take next. Um, so. You know, you do, um, so in taking this work kind of to an international scale, you know, where you were more in the classroom or working with people one-on-one, and now you work with people all over the world, I'm curious about what you've heard from the people that you work with about how they're feeling over the past year with regard, particularly, you know, with their sleep and their, um, their energy and, and their restfulness.
1: So I've got to say that those who are closest to me in my mastermind or the one-on-one clients I still do have, but particularly those in my mastermind are they've had, I, I create a matrix around each program. So it's a field you walk into for that purpose. So my signature program being called magic manifestation and money flow is about that. You know, once you're aligned and in the, in the flow, which requires a heck of a lot of clearing for many people, then you can manifest as if by magic and that includes money. So then at the mastermind level, there's a stronger field created that surrounds them. And there's something that happened this year that might, so that includes daily energy sends to each of them, not as if a full treatment, but an enhancing of what they're working on, clearing it out more and activating more of their potential that is becoming unleashed within the greater field that's already up leveling them so those layers provided extra protection. I have, for example, two masterminders that own uh, an assisted care living facility and they've stayed clean throughout all of COVID in Florida. Uh, their assisted care living facility from, it, from COVID, from anyone getting it. Um, all of my masterminders have remained clean from getting COVID save for one and she only had really mild symptoms. So their sleep wasn't really affected. Although they could clear sentiently or empathically perceive from the collective disrupted sleep, and we would talk about that, they themselves weren't having the same sleep issues that when fielding the general public, whether on my free monthly call or more so in my base membership program, the Activate Your Magic membership, people were reporting disrupted sleep, difficulty sleeping. And then when they'd listen to the recordings of my clearings and activations, they would not have that problem there's something um about the getting down to the beta and even theta brainwave state in my work that allows a person to lull into sleep it, it, it's it's phenomenal throughout the years so many people telling me they go to sleep with my voice and wake up with my voice i had to get adjusted to that at first it was kind of weird but then <laughs> <laughs> once i did like it's just it's such a match for healthy sleep this work because it's all the undercurrents that would cause disturbed sleep or worrying dreams are addressed and so in fact the dreams become what they're meant to be which is an ability to not only process the day which is what so much of our rem time is spent doing but really do not only deep healing but deep integration of higher aspects of ourselves because you don't have to spend the day. My people don't have to spend the dream time working through what we're already doing.
0: Right. And that is what I, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is yes. sleep's capacity to kind of heal us and, and sleep's um, capacity to play a role in that work, which is something that is sort of a benefit though. It seems like once you sort of unlock that, that level of, um, Alignment or clearing, or you know, um, the language. Yeah, the language that you were using. That it's sort of like a bonus because you, it becomes an effortless part of that cycle. If I'm understanding what you're saying,
1: you are. I mean, you're calling to mind somebody who's in magic manifestation, money flow now, and she's been on sleeping pills for twenty-something years, and she's had for the first even with those sleeping pills. all these years she's had the best sleep of her life since she's been working with me and she's been weaning herself off the pills um so what i know uh, there's a couple of different ways i can address this one thing i've seen is somebody who has such deep healing required as a brain tumor so there's actual brain damage um that kind of healing from doing the energy medicine work on that person's brain requires deeper sleep the body knows how to heal itself. You know, my second book I wrote in 2016, "Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss. And the subtitle is Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. Because we're in, in such an auspicious yet intense time between 2012 and 2032, where it's from one old era as the old paradigm crumbles. And here we sit in 2021, yet with the new one physicalized that we can see tangibly around us, but sense that, while wow, there's a lot of change up in the air and change that's needed. So that's been destabilizing
0: a lot of people. And until that's until 2032, you said? Yeah, but it's gonna get smoother at some point. Okay, cause that's, we have to what? More than 10 more years. <laughs> feels like, feels then, like a long time yet. Yeah, but the hardest part,
1: Amalia, I mean, I had, um, let me back up the, a conspiracy for your bliss. I said that because, like, from when I see, for example, in the third chakra, every chakra covers a domain in life. And the third one is about manifesting the inner child's there with a sense of joy. And I'm just going to grab a little more green tea while you hear it pouring. Um, and then, <laughs> so if you're what you're manifesting out in the world brings you joy then you actually have a healthier solar plexus, which includes your pancreas. It's the top of your digestive tract. It's also what your self-esteem and self-confidence is. It's also where your machinery for clear sentience is. So it's like this rigging of our system from the divine or the creator, however you construe it and want to say it regardless, that if we are creating out in the world something that brings us joy, it brings us more health. So we're like programmed for bliss. And it's the same thing with sleep. Sleep has such a natural component for healing and a reboot every single night. I mean, the Chinese refer to sleep as little death. So it, it's I see it as like a chance to really reset and reboot. And I know that for somebody who isn't working with me, for example, they use the theta brainwave state. That's where we REM in. So everyday brainwave states, alpha, Part of me, is... Um, Beta. And then every once you meditate, when you're in meditation for like more than 10 minutes, that's getting you into alpha brainwave state, more relaxed physiology starting to relax. And then comes theta, and that's what we REM in. After that's delta, and even below that's gamma. So when we're in deep sleep, it's actually delta waves, so a brainwave state. So the theta brainwave state, that's not that deep, and yet that's where we're dreaming. And the function of it is to process for our ego mind to kind of integrate the events of the day and go through any healing that's needed. Um, and then the deep sleep is the regeneration time for our bodies and our overall systems where our mind is producing pictures and images for us to follow. So there's like this inherent system of ours that is wired for thriving. And it's just a matter of knowing- right, exactly. the different techniques to use to help it thrive even more.
0: Right. And- makes a lot of sense that, that improving, you know, people's sleep issues resolving would be an outcome of the work that you're doing, because it's something that they're not expecting or intending. So from, so from previous podcast episodes, with talking with insomnia coaches and different specialists, it's become really clear that sleep is not something that you can improve through effort. So when people get Worried about their insomnia, which you know often people who struggle with insomnia have deal with anxiety, in, yeah. in you know anyway. So these are anxious individuals to begin with, and then we we start struggling with our sleep, and then we apply effort and we say, okay, I'm going to fix this. And we do everything that we can, and sleep doesn't respond to effort in that way. It actually makes it worse. So, the worst thing that yeah. you can do is try and buckle down and make your lists and checklists, you know. But when you're working on healing your mind and body, um, or um, doing this clearing work that you're referencing, it just makes sense that sleep would improve as a natural outcome of that kind of without people necessarily even trying or expecting it. It's just something that goes with the flow of, of that whole process.
1: Yeah. Because you're addressing, like I said, the underpinning issue you're talking about Malia with the anxiety. Right. So, I know that I feel a lot of people, and it's a great part why I brought up that these are such challenging times. I had a radio show my second year back from Asia, I was approached by Voice America, who asked me to do a radio show on the Mayan Galactic Alignment on December 21st, 2012. Now I was doing absolutely nothing with that whatsoever at all in my business and platform. And so I don't know why they reached out to me, but they did, I gave, I said, please give me 48 hours. I listened intuitively and said, yes, it was such a strong yes. And I then ensued, what ensued was I interviewed specialists around that date and what it meant and learned so much and even became one of the specialists on a yoga cruise to Chichen Itza, the Mayan ruins that are one of the main ones in the Yucatan on that day where we got special permission to do this shamanic ceremony with the Mayan shaman. And there were so many film crews there that I was seen as far away as Poland on TV. It was such a big deal, that date. And- Yes, it
0: was, I remember, yeah
1: yeah and what it's marking is so then flash forward seven years and i was at i go to the mayan ruins i take uh clients there on vip trips not the retreats that i take over in the u i take my masterminers and people getting trained in vibrational grade in the uk to stone circles so i go to the mayan ruins and down there um on the equinox of last year 2019. When I say last year, no, <laughs>
0: 2020. Um, you know what happened to 2020? It's just kind of evaporated. Yeah, I, I'm. I've been referring to 2019 as last year, also. So we're all, we're all living in a time yeah. warp,
1: right? Yeah, kind of uh, selective and desired uh, warping. <laughs> So when I was in I was in these uh, Mexican ruins outside of Mexico City, Teotihuacan, and I, we hired a native Mayan guide and I asked him, okay, so here we are seven years beyond that date, what do you view as the old paradigm and the new paradigm? He said, the old is the one was about destruction and the new one is about construction. And so what that means from my experience in working with the Dalai Lama and his definition for are humans inherently good or evil, he said, we'd be dead if we're inherently evil, but because you bake the bread, and I raise the goats and they build the houses and Mike uh, grows the wool, gets the wool for the textiles and Jim builds um, saddles for horses and Mike raises the horses. We all work together collaboratively. We construct life and that we're moving into times now, therefore extrapolated to what the Mayan guide and all these other specialists had said where there's so much balancing out where the material is balancing with the spiritual. There's a called humanity's spiritual awakening times. And that second book I referenced is very much explaining these times. And what I've seen is from 2012-ish to 2019, there were loads of people awakening. They would come to me with, I have ringing in my ears. I can't stand or I can't stand all of the negative energy of the people around me at work or I get so triggered so easily or my sleep is disrupted or I want to learn about yoga and meditation and spirituality so there's been this spiritual awakening time that is also Malia and listeners caused you to awaken in your clear sentience which is as I said the machinery in your upper belly your solar plexus so energy is our first language not chinese or um, arabic or hebrew or english it's energy when you walk into a room you know you do an energy read does it feel good in here does it feel uncomfortable in here and many of you likely who are anxious also take it upon yourselves nearly if not completely unconsciously to then clear the lower or negative energy by being extra positive, by being extra sweet, by being extra caring, by being extra giving, and when you do that, that's an indication that you are absorbing other people's energy. We are way more porous, like sponges, than we are led to believe. Living, sp- especially in the West, we don't have these dividing lines where Malia, you're over there, and I'm over here, and you end where your hands end, and I begin where my hands begin. We have these fields around us that healthy chakras create a vo- out of the front of each of them, they create a vortex. And so they along, align along the spine, ones at our tailbone, ones at our lower belly, our sacral, ones at our upper belly, ones at our heart, ones at our throat, in between the eyes is the next one, or in between the eyebrows rather, and then the top of our head is the seventh. Of the traditional seven chakra column, when they're open and spinning, they create vortices. Each of these vortices of healthy energy then becomes your field, You're a localized field, and then you I teach people then how to interact with the greater field of the Tao or what I call the field of unlimited possibilities. But we are all being asked to awaken and sensitize to beyond the physical. So many people have been popping open in. All, everybody's been popping open, but so many people don't understand this and then are having more thoughts in their field that aren't even theirs, which is in great part why many people's sleep has been disrupted during COVID or people's motivation has been low or they've been lethargic or they've gotten bored or they've gotten angry and fed up. There's like, you could stand in front of a menu for a Thai restaurant, switching gears for a moment. And you could, I've heard a story of a woman reading their menu and then the, she's thinking to herself, wait, I think that Thai place down the road is better. And a guy behind her says out loud, that place down the road is better than here. So, you know, you think of somebody and all of a sudden they're texting you. You think of somebody right. and all of a sudden they've called you. It's that. So if you dare make yourself responsible for all the anxiousness you're feeling, you are wounding yourself. And if you think that you're alone, having the anxious feelings at night as you lay in bed, all you're being asked to do is what I do for a living. Learn how to work with what your mind's doing. Meaning, yes, you can learn to meditate. And I have a meditation product on my website where it's like you're in the studio with me, the yoga studio, and I'm teaching you Buddha's most frequently taught meditation technique. Pull off of the thoughts and come back to the breath. Let the thoughts float by as if a leaf on a river's current, stepping out of the river now to the riverbank, inhaling. And Exhale at your own pace. And if you have one 30-minute meditation session and you can do that successfully one time, you've rocked. If you even sit down for meditation and you realize I suck at meditation, which is what so many people say, my mind never got quiet, of course not. The nature of it is that practice of looking at just how much of a monkey mind, unruly, um, anxious, driven, thought factory pumping machinery the ego mind is when it's unyield, unwieldy and not worked with. It's like a do- you have a dog on a leash and the dog runs you as opposed to, hey, now, rein it on in, let me work with it, and the dog gets walked by you or your mind gets under more a disciplined approach and then you deal with not believing every thought you have we clear when we clear we cut the mind-body connection so your body doesn't react physiologically automatically to an anxious driven thought you have because there's more space or detachment so then you don't get run by your mind laying in bed at night it is the single most frequently reported thing along when people right, start absolutely. Work. After like, and after like their first session with me, they'll say, I, I sometimes have to retrain the people's focus onto the more subtle. And I'll ask them, how's your, uh, how, how's your sleep been? Better. How's your energy levels been? Better. How have you been getting along with others? More peaceful, less triggered. Three most typical outcomes of even the first session, because your system knows peace and your work is to get you back there. I'm sorry I'm talking like this, but it just feels like sometimes I have to do it this way in order to get through the anxious thoughts to fight to have you actually hear me, the part of you that needs to hear me.
0: No, absolutely. No, I love it. And I so appreciate that reminder about meditation too, because we approach it from this like, oh, I failed, right? Like I tried a five minute meditation and I couldn't even do (laughs) thirty seconds, you know, and it's like, pass, fail, good, bad, we have this value judgment, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but, but yeah, it's just, just the reminder that sometimes the point is to notice, yeah, you know, this was a struggle, you know, because my mind is everywhere, and it's just that awareness that you didn't have going into it about where your mind is at that day, and maybe that's just what the goal was for that day, but yeah, I definitely appreciate that.
1: Um, yeah, I hear you breathe better right there, that was the yeah. most precious. yeah, yeah, yeah the- it's interesting, Malia, and listeners, because like in Buddhism, I, I say this often. It's almost like the basic premise of Buddhism is every human mind is neurotic. Here are the tools, this five thousand year canon of meditation techniques, in order to work with your own particular flavor of neuroses. And so, like if you sit down, I've even labeled this out. This is actually my third book, Reasonable Dragons. There's three different periods I've noticed in meditation once you've been doing it a little bit, the zero to 10 minutes is you start to get more peaceful and the physiology starts to, you sh- know, pardon me, the first 10 minutes are for hardwiring the improvements in uh, data recall and memory retention, just pure neurological improved functioning. Then if you continue on for 10 minutes, 10 to 20, that's when the physiological shifts that I was just starting to say happen with more peace and more calm. And please know that like you and I can be driving next to each other in the same traffic jam and I could be choosing to use that time to do a self-treatment on myself while you're banging your steering wheel running in and out of lanes because you're frustrated and I'm not having a stress response.
0: <laughs> Have you I- been driving around behind me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think you lived here. No, just kidding. <laughs> Where are I'm, you? <laughs> I'm in Tacoma, Washington, near Seattle.
1: <laughs> You're opposite end of the state. I'm in Florida, west coast of the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. So not very likely, but yeah. Continue.
1: But yeah, you'd have the stress response because the body reacts to our mental interpretation. We have that much control over our own well-being. So in the second 10 minutes of meditation, you get more physiological reactions to, of rather peace and reduction of stress and anxiety. And then the last 10 minutes, what I've noticed is if you can make it that long, that's really where the spiritual benefits start. But the, what you were saying, Malia, about meditation, even if you sit there and you have the awareness, that's great that you mentioned, then beyond the awareness of how active your mind is and how unruly it is. Just the sheer aspect of forcing yourself to sit down, that quiets the anxiousness to a degree because it signals symbolically to the ego mind, hey, you're being managed. I recognize your game. And even if it's loud and screaming the whole time and it's the worst experience with your, your thoughts ever, you've still gained. And then if you bring in the idea that in that first 10 minutes, you are getting more focus, you're getting your focus improved and your data recall improved. You're gonna end up being more able to pull yourself back off of an anxious, um, an anxiety creating thought and back to your breath in normal waking time. That's the whole point for the payoff to happen in your daily life off the cushion, so to speak, or off the mat, but you can't approach it like you're saying, Malia, like all the heady ways of achieving and going at solving the sleep problem? What if there's nothing wrong except just go in and start working with yourself?
0: Right, yeah, I love that, thank you. And I just, this is so fascinating and I could talk to you for so much longer, but I know I have to get you on your way. So you. I will, I'm going to switch to um, just a short series of questions that I am trying to ask all my guests moving forward um, about sleep. So. What is the best piece of sleep advice that you have ever received?
1: It's interesting. Um, Some more spiritual folks will tend, they'll wake up and they'll say, I don't feel like I'm well rested at all. And one of the best pieces of advice I got about that was working with traditional Chinese medical people, that that's a sign of adrenal burnout what I found when I came back to the States was 85, it was about 85% of Americans at least are in some form of adrenal burnout. And there's simple longevity boosting tonic herbs that you can take like ashwagandha is a great one, particularly for women from the um, yogic or the Hindu Indian canon. You can get ashwagandha, a quality one at Mappy, mapi.com. I get no credit for that. And then if you would go to like dragon herbs or Jing herbs Jing herbs is focused on life force. Jing, that's what it means. It translates to your most core fundamental life force. Taking that will help feed your adrenals and so then you will wake up better rested. That's a good start.
0: Thank you. And what's the one sleep item or product that you can't live without?
1: Yeah, I read that question, Malia, And I was like, oh man, one. um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that being cool is very helpful. Like the the temperature in my environment needs to be cool for me to feel comfy under my, my sheet and be yes.
0: Yep, yep, that's a big one, especially this time of year as it's starting to get warmer. So what's one thing listeners can do today to improve their sleep?
1: This is gonna sound so simple that your ego mind or intellectual mind is gonna to wanna to make it more complex. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a lot of spiritual people throughout the years do what's called like traveling during their dream time. Like if somebody's on YouTube a lot and watching a lot of like third eye opening kinds of videos and all of that stuff. um, I find that even people who want to be healers or who are healers sort of in air quotes there, if you just command your body, you're laying in bed at night right before you go to sleep and you say, I do not want, and you don't have to be all those qualifiers I just gave. You could try it yourself body, mind, or just say system. I want you to stay in the body tonight. Don't go traveling anywhere. Don't do any work in your dream time. We need this rest and rejuvenation time. Please remain in your body for the utmost rest and rejuvenation possible. That is is the simplest thing to do. And I have um, shared that with clients throughout the years, and it is unbelievable the difference it makes.
0: Wow. Well, I will try that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great, that's a great tidbit. Thank you. Where can people learn more about you and your work?
1: Vibrationalupgrade.com. And then my books are on Amazon and Reasonable Dragon is my third one's on Audible.
0: And then I have a free Facebook
1: group actually, Vibrational Upgrade. Do you want to go there?
0: Yes. And I will put those links in the show notes. Dr. J, thank you. Dr. K, thank you so much for joining me and for explaining all of this. This has been really helpful.
1: Yay, mission accomplished. Fist bump Maria. Maria. Yay. <laughs> Thank All you right. for me on. It was my joy.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. It's the Sleep Well Stay Well podcast. Now you know. Thanks for checking out the show.